Well, it's a Star Warsy time to be alive, isn't it? Isn't it so great, good, man? Feels so good. Like after season three of Mandalorian being the last Star Wars thing we got, I was like, oh, man, Star Wars is just like, ugh, such a mess. Yeah, this, yeah, I- I'll showing my hand a little bit. This, this definitely feels like it fits within the star wars i like (laughs) oh yeah 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 hands down like yeah all right well thanks for listening yep well uh that's our review on soka and uh we'll hope you join us for the next series Mm -hmm. yeah which will be uh loki season two yeah all right yeah good night which in which we will be probably super confused about everything <laughs> it will probably be a hot mess knowing the there'll Marvel be it, loki universe. season two is going to seem less like review episodes and more like group therapy where we just talk through what it is that we've seen all right jumping into oh hello and welcome to the movie man podcast <laughs> the b team that's carl and uh disc oh we didn't do that last time no we haven't done it yeah i know yeah this is brady over here somewhere wherever the hell he is yeah 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 we're doing ahsoka episode two yeah. oh boy oh it's so good yeah it's so good okay so episode two <laughs> of ahsoka uh titled uh I have it here somewhere. Titled Toil and Trouble. Toil and Trouble, yes. It is technically episode two, part two. Yes, it's a very witchy name. Toil and Trouble. Yeah, Yeah. boil, boil, toil and trouble. Yeah, It's a witchy witchy thing. Um, Before the episode follows Ahsoka on her journey to Corellia, it lingers on Sabine, who is out of commission for the better part of the episode. But alive. Yeah. Because I was thinking when the first episode ended, I was like, oh, that would be gutsy Star Wars. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. Like, yes. And I'd be sad because the first episode made me fall in love with Sabine as a character. But also, I'd be there for it because it'd be like, all right, Star Wars, showing a little gusto here, showing yeah. a little like. You're just going to, this character that everyone's been looking forward to seeing, and you're just going to kill her off. And and the stakes will be high. And then, you know, maybe the end of the show, Ezra comes back and Sabine's gone. or so, Like, I don't know, but obviously <laughs> they didn't kill her. Um, Sabine and Hera discuss the uncomfortable tension between the former master and apprentice. Noting that it has been a few years since the last time their paths have crossed. And yeah, it's it's obvious from what I saw in the recaps that I watched, the like 30-minute s- summary of um, Rebels. Uh, our characters are quite a bit older than than they were in Rebels. Some time has passed. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, there's a... We'll get into it when we get to the end here. Uh, is it the this episode? I think it's this episode. Yeah, it's this episode. One of the closing shots of this episode is the closing shot from the Rebels episode, and we'll get into that 
when that gets there. And then I think it's it's telling to the time frame of that shot and that series and and this yeah. series a bit. This this is probably an appropriate place to ask you this. <clears throat> what do you think of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka? I, we talked about it a little bit back during the the Mandalorian days. But what are your thoughts on Rosario? Uh, yeah, Rosario Dawson. I think that's yeah. what it is. Rosario as Ahsoka. Dawson. Okay, I I like Rosario Dawson as a actress. She's been in a number of things I like. Um, I mean, Ahsoka being one of them. Uh, but she was also in um firefly oh okay that her hang on i might be confusing i'll look it up you keep talking uh i'm already in the middle of looking it up i've already looked it up i'm thinking i'm thinking of i think i'm confusing her with another actress that looks similar she is the thing that i knew her from i knew her from two things i knew her from men in black 2 where she played Liara, who turns out to be the light of the galaxy or, you know, whatever it is. And she's right. an alien and doesn't realize it, working at the pizza shop. Um, and then she w- played Eddie Murphy's wife in um, the Haunted Mansion movie they did back in the t- early 2000s. Right. I'm confusing her with somebody else. Okay. She also played Persephone in the Percy Jackson movies. But I have, yeah, I have seen her in things. She is familiar mm-hmm. to me. And I yeah. do, Luke, that, that, yeah, sorry. She's Night Nurse in the Netflix TV series. She also voices Wonder Woman in a lot of the DC animated stuff. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. that as I zip through her things she's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was it that was in Firefly then? That's going to bug me. I've looked that up later, but anyway, so I, I like her as an actress. She's she's fun. She I think yep. she nails her roles well. Mm-hmm. I think she's but. done a pretty decent job of portraying um, Ahsoka Tano. That being said, I have a gripe the, too, and I'm wondering if it's going to be the same as mine. The character who plays Ahsoka in the animated. Um, she's done some cosplays as Ahsoka Tano and they oh. look as good or better than Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Probably like she, she easily could have played Ahsoka. Uh, I bet you there's some, I, I bet you there's some outcry. Oh, there, there has been, there, there was when, she, when a little bit when uh, Rosario Dawson was first cast. So, like, which... Oh, yeah, I'm looking. I see pictures Dave, of it now. Dave Filoni has been a guy who, if you show an aptitude for a character and a, a, a kind of a panache and a, a passion and a knowledge for Star Wars, you're, you're in everything Star Wars that he's doing. Well, they're doing that with Thrawn's a great example. Thrawn was the voice of the guy that's playing Thrawn in this. Was the uh, voice a better example is the a better example is the guy who played Starkiller. Me being bad with names, I can't remember his name. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I know. He's pretty much been um, anything Dave Filoni's connected with. He 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 plays something well, also, in it. He also voiced Maul. Like he voiced Maul. He voiced. In, 
Palpatine, I think. He did some, voice Palpatine. Whenever it's in, not. In, in the Rebels series. Yeah, whenever um, it's not um, he, Ian McDermott. He he did. Um, he He's played little bit parts Same like storm, a stormtrooper here and a and a voice acting over for an alien there. Yeah. Uh, Sam Whitworth is his name. He was, yeah. uh, he was doomsday in Smallville. Yeah. Like, so his knowledge for star Wars and his passion for star Wars have made him just like a go-to for, for little, little piece things like, Oh, Hey, we need a stormtrooper. Do you, can you come and fill in for the day? <laughs> like right. can you put on the helmet. So he's like, he hasn't done anything since big since the animated stuff, but he's been in everything in some way. Right. right. So what happened? Like, it makes me wonder, like what happened with this, this act, this voice actress that they didn't want her to reprise the role in live action when she yeah, can very Ash- obviously Ashley. fill the look. Ashley something. I had it. Ashley Eckenstein. Eckstein. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I here's here's my it's not a it's not a gripe. I don't know. My issue that I'm having with Ahsoka right now, the the portrayal, not the show, is that the last time <clears throat> having not watched Rebels and only seeing sort of the recap. Um, the last time I saw Ahsoka, really saw Ahsoka, was during the Clone Wars era. It's been like 20, 25 years of character progression and character aging since I was familiar with Ahsoka. And so right. I think there's just times where... I'm mentally trying to bridge the gap. I'm trying to pick out the young Ahsoka isms, the 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 parts of her character that haven't aged or changed, um, and and mm. trying to feel that real. I, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to draw connections and 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 really go. Yes, this feels like Ahsoka Tano. Things that someone like Ashley and Eckenstein would be able to throw into the character easily, because she knows that part of the character. Well. Yeah, like she's yeah. played. She's she played Ash. She played Ahsoka from day one when she was introduced, all through the Clone Wars as she matured, and then after the time jump to Rebels, she voiced her again as a kind of mature, right, uh, Force wielder. And I, I think just I'd sent be- you a link to. Uh, the, her her cosplay. Oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd be I think I'd be f- feeling the disconnect less had I watched Rebels. Because had I watched Rebels, <clears throat> I would have been like, okay, I'm familiar with more mature Ahsoka. But yeah, but she's I, I, she's very much a diff like the same character, but like matured because right she's because she's I, gone through some more. I stuff. think in this show, sometimes I'm looking, I'm seeing Ahsoka, and I'm like. You're just very mature and very wise, and that's not the Ahsoka yeah. I know, <laughs> right? So, anyways, yeah. neither here nor yes. there. Rebels, watching Rebels would definitely do that. Because, so, 
Bridge the that gap. recap that you watched, did it go over the fact that she fought Vader in Rebels? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's something and that I knew because I knew the lost. symmetry. <laughs> I knew the symmetry between that scene and Obi-Wan confronting Vader. Yeah. Like the splitting uh, of the helmet and the... Yeah. And then on top of that, like how she got saved from that situation... Yeah, some weird like multiverse, out of space, out of time, wormholey things with Ezra, yeah, right? A, 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 it's essentially like another dimension that they call the, called the world between worlds that only force yeah. people can can access. Yeah. Which I would have to watch because when I saw that in the recap, I was like, really? Uh, it, that's that's a whole new level of Star Wars. That was, it is a whole new level like of was, Star Wars, and they spend a lot of time in the show building up to it. Okay, because the recap didn't. It was just like, and then there's the wormhole, and yeah. I'm like, what? They spend what? several episodes building up to it in the show, and, and so it doesn't hyper, come out completely out of the blue. And hyperspace whales, and what? And so, anyways, okay. Um, so then, a long time since they last crossed paths. This small comment further compounds some issues with episode one, namely the timeline that seems somewhat skewed and purposefully obfuscated with Ahsoka. It has been several years since Ezra Bridge's sacrifice and years since Ahsoka trained Sabine, yet the broad timeline doesn't necessarily work with established events. That's what this recap says. I don't... I'm not picking up on that. Maybe you would a little bit more having watched Rebels. I was, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were putting your own comments in there. No, it's not me. So I, I, I need to re- hear that again, I think. Uh, it says this small comment further compounds uh, that it's been years and that they've had a falling out. Okay. The small comment further compounds some issues with episode one, namely that the timeline seems somewhat skewed and purposefully obfuscated with Ahsoka. It has been several years since Ezra Bridger's sacrifice and years since Ahsoka trained Sabine, yet that broad timeline doesn't necessarily work with the established events. Yeah, so I think this doesn't, this does seem confusing. But I think that end shot that I alluded to earlier kind of uh, f- fixes that issue. Yeah, maybe. If it's interpreted properly. If, yeah. it's, if, I, if, it, if I'm interpreting it and others are interpreting it that I've listened to their breakdowns are interpreting it properly, which I think is the only way to interpret it. Yes. Um, I might as well explain it now. Like one of the, we'll, we'll jump there and then we'll talk about it again. I'll just quickly go over it. Like one of the end shots is Sabine looking at the mural that you have an issue with, uh, kind of reminiscing about kind of, uh, and then she turns around and Ahsoka is standing there, the ship, her ship behind her, and they kind of walk off into the sunset. That, that shot is almost pretty much seen shot for shot frame for frame exactly the way rebels ended right uh the big difference being ahsoka was wearing like a white poncho thing and hoodie and had a big white staff like gandalf the white (laughs) very much looked like gandalf the white kind of if he were an alien um um so that shot if that shot is kind of like a re is a recreation of rebels right then it fit then that 
that sets things perfectly in line. So right. it, it, it says that the, that last shot in Rebels doesn't take place directly after the last couple of scenes. It takes place years after those last couple of scenes. Right. Okay. Which right, like, And that seems viable to you? Yeah, absolutely. It, okay. it, it, it makes... It would makes it makes sense that okay she's been she's been trained there's a relationship there the whole that whole scene kind of makes it feel like they're going to search for Ezra together even right. though it's uns- it's unsaid it's kind of like just kind of like a, a, an assumed thing um, so it, it just feels like it, they they're they're meant to be the same point in time just one okay. in the, one in the cartoon and one here um, so I think that makes everything kind of fall into line nicely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, you're despite you're su- going to have to. Yeah. The other despite cool it- thing here though is, uh, it, it's kind of, um, when, um, Sabine is kind of dreaming here. Ahsoka seems to be kind of using that. I looked it up. Where is it? Psychometry is the force technique where, Someone touches an object or person and they can feel or see things that have happened. I think it seems like Ahsoka's doing that here. Like Sabine is dreaming and Ahsoka's like picking up what she's bits of what she's dreaming. Right. Yeah, maybe. Uh, despite Ahsoka's insistence that she doesn't need help, Hera is convinced that she does need help pushing Sabine to offer her assistance as soon as she's healed up. Back on Setos, Morgan Elsbeth arrives to investigate. So Setos was that the planet where we got the apple from. Morgan Elsbeth, yeah. Morgan Elsbeth arrives to investigate what Balin and Shin discovered. With the star map unlocked, Morgan is able to uncover the location of where Grand Admiral Thrawn has been banished. Balin refers to it as the path. Oh no, this is a different planet. Did, this is yeah. They they've got it wrong. Did did they say it's the same planet or no? Or the, no, that was that was my inference. Yeah, this is complete. Like I was confusing scenes. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I was confusing. Later, I was confusing a scene with the last episodes. episode where they where the three of them are on that planet. Yeah, and that's when he said yeah. Um, uh, Balin refers to it as the pathway to Peridia, though Morgan indicates that only some people call it that. Balin goes on to explain that the children at the Jedi Temple were the ones to call it pathway to Peridia, pulling the name from old fairy tales and stories. Morgan asserts that Thrawn is calling to her across time and space, calling back to rebels? which established that Thrawn and Ezra Bridger are in the world between worlds. Shin seems uncertain about what will happen once they locate Thrawn, but Balin assures her that once he is located, they will receive power like never before. I don't, I don't think, what? I don't think they're in the world between worlds. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they're, Um, they're inferring something that isn't true. I think this is a cool scene, though, and it's a really cool line that Balin says about the power because it just harkens back to that is all the dark side ever wants. 
Yeah. Right, that the political people are going to get their their peace and their victory, and the people who oppose are going to get their war. And she says, "Well, what about us? What what do we get?" And he says, "Power." Yeah, which is is that, and it's so good because, and you know, in that moment where you're like, "No, no, you're not," and that's one of those things that is constantly promised to Sith and to the dark side, and it's it's not because. The people who are promising you power are doing so so that you will do their bidding and then they will turn on you and kill you. Yeah. Because this, they also want power. Yeah. It's I like the way this breakdown is kind of it it's um because there's a scene in between. There's that's actually two scenes. There's a scene in between there with Ahsoka, but I like that they kind of mesh it together because it is kind of it probably yeah. would have played nice like halfway through that scene actually just as that scene's getting started they cut to the title card and then back to Ahsoka and then back to these people but um it would have been better if it was all together the way they're describing yeah on Corellia Ahsoka and Hera arrive to investigate Morgan's facilities and unsurprisingly, they are met with a bureaucratic mess and Whoa, dubious. Hang on. Oh, they they jipped, they they missed a crucial scene here. What, they what did. scene is that? Okay, so we had the scene with um, Sabine and Ahsoka, Ahsoka, and then it cuts to the uh, Master Apprentice putting the apple of Eden on the mantle. Title card jumps back to. Yeah to um Lothal and Sabi- and Ahsoka is in Oh yeah, this is my favorite scene. Yeah, she she's like With touring Ezra slash um uh, Sabine's apartment. Well, like, but we also missed the hospital scene. Yeah, with the and, exploding and then the head. droid jumps down, she beheads it, and then there's like a really cool scene of Sabine yeah. trying to to figure out where the droid came from yes, before it explodes. The, the funniest line ever happens where they're all standing around. They're trying to determine. They, they're aware of the risks. They're aware of what could happen if she tried, that this head could explode and kill us all. Yeah. But it, it, if will it doesn't. Ex- almost ex- probably explode with the same magnitude that we saw in the first episode. Yeah. yeah it's it's going to be bad. It's going to blow up the whole city. <laughs> and, and, Hera's like, I say you go for it. And Hu Yang instantly says, because you're a hologram? <laughs> you're not here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was and the so other good. fun thing is like, Hu Yang is the only one in the room freaking out. Yeah. Okay, we're running like, out of time. We're out yeah. of time. Uh, it's heating Ahsoka's, up. Ahsoka's calm because she trusts Sabine's skills and she's got the force, so she's going to have a premonition if things go do are going to go really bad. Yeah. And then Sabine is just like really confident that she's skilled enough to, to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. 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 You <laughs> yanks is so like, good. this is a bad idea. I, I'm going to pull the plug. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Um, anyway. On Krillia, Soka and Hera arrive to investigate Morgan's facility. So yeah. So what they get from the head is that it's from Corellia. And they're like, well, you know, Morgan Morgan had had a facility there, 
And they're like, well, yeah, but that would have been... During the time of the Empire. Yeah, they were like, but that would have been disbanded when the Empire fell. And Ahsoka's like, has anyone checked in on that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure? All right, I'll meet you there. The other fun thing about Corellia is our, our homeboy, the master smuggler... The scoundrel of scoundrels, Han mm-hmm. Solo, is from, from there. Yeah. Uh, and we saw that in Solo. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, they are met with a bureaucratic mess and dubious politics from former Imperial synthes- sympathizers. Uh, and yeah, what's his face? He was in... I knew him because he was a regular on on House MD for a number of years. Um, but sort of like the guy in charge there, Peter Jacobson. Yeah. He's so good. He's so funny in this and just like, but it's like a dry, like subtle, like he's not cracking jokes, but he's just like, he does a lot of like face and body language acting in this. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really good. Ahsoka is a far cry from what Andor sought to do with its lush exploration of the galaxy's political intrigue, but this did prove to be a compelling aspect of the episode. I got to find it. I'm using the same site as I did when we did the secret invasion thing, and that never had, like, opinions injected into it. So I got to... When we come back to do episode three, I'll have a better better yeah. system here this this is a yeah this whole this whole kind of scene on this planet is is really cool because they're they're both Hera and ahsoka are kind of like you're, you're talking like all these people who work here who used to be pro empire are, are just just, are just happy to be have a job regardless yeah. of who's in charge but they're just they're looking around and like getting side eyed by like half the people. <laughs> well, but <laughs> and because I because I think that the dude in charge there was full of shit. Like I think he's or also he truly an imperial believe, I think he truly believed that. Yeah, but why is he getting arrested then? Because of his incompetence. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if that was if that was grounds for <laughs> You and I be in trouble a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, as they venture out to Morgan's abandoned facility, Hera tries her best to convince Ahsoka to take Sabine on as her apprentice again, though Ahsoka seems hesitant to go down that path once more. Um, whether Ahsoka's... What? This Just is read a it. bad... No, it doesn't. it's not English. I can't read it. Whether Ahsoka's... Is rooted in whether refo- whether Ahsoka's refusal. I'm going to put the word refusal in there to resume training. Sabine is rooted in a fear of repeating old cycles of trauma, or a genuine doubt in Sabine's skills is not yet clear. Sabine, however, has made her own mind up about what went down between her and her former master. During a conversation with Hu Yang, Sabine reveals that it was Ahsoka who abandoned her training, seemingly without cause, leaving Sabine with a pretty big chip on her shoulder. So yeah, so we don't know what went down. But it seems like at least Sabine's side of it is that Ahsoka got cold feet about something and then took off. Yeah. Well, yeah. And some of the breakdowns I watched went into this 
pretty deeply in that like so ahsoka left um the jedi order and it and in turn her master anakin skywalker because of how she was treated and accused and of things she didn't do and stuff and then yeah so this is kind of like repeat and then she finds out what her master had done and uh so it's kind of like yeah it seems like they're kind of hitting the point here at the article you're reading um but then later in this episode we get kind of um ahsoka's kind of side of things or maybe they already did i can't remember but ahsoka's talking about like well she she wasn't ready and i'm only going to train her when she's committed to being there so maybe uh, maybe what happened from ahsoka's point of view is that sabine was resisting and seeing that resistance she's just like okay if you're not going to fall in line then i can't train you if you're not ready to be trained right i can't train somebody who doesn't want to be trained right right so yeah i don't know Hu Yang attempts to assure her that Ahsoka really did want and need her help with the star map, but Sabine is quite convinced that the only reason why she was made aware of the search for Ezra is because of Hera. Hu Yang is excellent at playing devil's advocate or being logical, as he boasts, by reminding Sabine that she never indicated that she wanted to return to training. He also employs a little tough love by telling her she wasn't a very good student. (laughs) <laughs> or nearly as skilled as Ezra, or as Force-sensitive or in touch with the Force as any apprentice he's ever seen, yeah. ever. To, to quote it, he says, your aptitudes for the Force would fall short of them all, them all being yeah. all Jedi proceeding. <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> Essentially, you suck, you're not a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and she's just kind of like, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. But he wraps it up in a reminder that essentially the only way to get better is to actually try. Um, Then we get just injecting some stupid. I'm just going to read the opinion here and then we can hate on it. (laughs) Once again, Ahsoka loses sight of what could be a really thrilling lightsaber battle for Ahsoka by setting her fight with the Inquisitor Marok against a near-white skyline that matches the color of her lightsaber blades. I. It was a cool scene. Screw this guy. It was a cool scene. It was a cool fight. It was cool to see an Inquisitor. Uh, I don't know. The, that's my opinion. Yeah. The way it kind of starts is really cool. He kind of glosses over the the revel like the the icing on the cake, the the cementing of the fact that this people at this base are empire sympathizers yeah there's a hyperdrive core well yeah they're sitting there what's this hyperdrive core where is it going oh uh, it's classified classified. and Hera's like um i'm a general i'm as high ranked as it you can get nothing's classified to me (laughs) sorry it's classified bring bring the file we'll see about that and then they're (laughs) like it starts taking off and she jumps out of the window after they take out the empire the people in the bridge well, and thing. it was yeah because it was cool because oh. this guy stands up with a gun and he's like for the empire and yeah. gets decimated instantly yeah so good yeah. 
but I think it's a cool fight. I it's it's a fun scene. Like I I don't know. I don't know. I, I enjoyed up it. This guy's ass. It um. Yeah, like it. He, she she takes on him and a, another HK droid. Yeah, and like we've seen a few Sith Inquisitor battles in live action now, and while they're capable, they definitely haven't shown the aptitude that a Jedi has or an actual Sith Lord. or an actual Sith. And this guy holds his own pretty well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he's, he's probably coming to his limits and is going to lose when, um, I'm just going to call her the Padawan. Cause I don't remember her name. The Padawan saves her, his skin. Uh, Shin. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just going to move on without you reading. And then okay. we get the the cool space spaceship chase scene with Hera and freaking Chopper. I don't know how you feel about Chopper because you've never seen Rebels, but I think Chopper is the best. Like next to R2, Chopper is one of the best droids in Star Wars. He's, well, he's awesome. He's snarky. You can kind of understand much. what he's saying with his beeps and twerts compared to R2. You can totally understand what he's saying. And I didn't know if I liked that at first. Oh, I love it. Like, okay. you watch Rebels, and and it's kind of like, I would say my, my relationship, how I feel about Chopper, follows a very similar path that Ahsoka's followed. Like, when okay. I first was introduced to Ahsoka in that movie, it was, who? what the heck are they doing? Who is this? And now she's definitely one of my, in the top three favorite Star Wars characters for me. Right. Chopper kind of took us like first introduced to Chopper and Rebels, and I'm just like, what, what this? Who's this droid? This is ridiculous. But like, as you journey with him through Rebels, you just fall in love with his quirky, temperamental personality, right? Like, he's like, were you messing with my stuff? No, I wasn't messing with your stuff. And he finds it eventually. Oh yeah, it's underneath the thing. Yeah, and then it spins and throws the tracking beacon. And when it lands, he's like, ah, he like flexes with his little arms. <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> he's so awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. We just haven't Love gotten uh, we haven't gotten a lot of them yet, and so I I I can't say either way how I feel <laughs> because we've only seen him just briefly. Yeah, I like Chopper. There's so. there's mixed reactions in the Star Wars community to Chopper. Some people like him, some people don't. I I'm in the like camp. I think I he's can awesome. see that. I can see that though. I can see why it could be mixed <sighs> for people. Yeah. Um okay. So do 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 Back on Lothal, Sabine pulls her Mandalorian armor out of storage and mulls over the decision to chop off her hair and return to who she once was. Two things. One, how sharp is that knife? Because in one slice, she removes a lot of hair. Well, it's not a knife. It's a fibro blade, so very sharp. Apparently, it's a knife. Um well, <laughs> what do you mean? Apparently, it's a knife. <laughs> no, apparently, you mean apparently, it's, it's just because it looks like a knife. I no, it's, it looks like a knife. 
Yeah. Like it doesn't look techy at all. It looks just like a knife. Like it's well, just most a fiber knife. blades don't look super techy. Wow, well, whatever. But, uh, the yeah. other thing, and I get it. I get that this is who her character is, and it's still left over from Revels and so on and so forth. But I am so over Star Wars's love affair with Mandalorians and Mandalorian <laughs> armor. Like, I'm just so done. Like, I just, I'm so done. They took the most overrated character in all of Star Wars history, being Boba Fett, and was like, oh, people really love Boba Fett. You know what we could should do? We should just put everybody in Boba Fett armor, <laughs> and we'll make that the center fold focus. Like, Star Wars right now is about Mandalorians. In and the, I'm just in, like, I was just so over TVs it. TV's shows, yeah. Well, but that's all we have. That yeah. is Star Wars right now. Yeah. And I'm just over it. <clears throat> so over it. Ugh. <laughs> plus, plus, I like Sabine's long hair, so I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah. What are you doing? They got to make doing? it line up with the... Uh, yeah, because after that, we get that shot-for-shot shot scene from the show. Yeah. Uh, showing still, that, that scene was years later from... Yeah, still her dual hair, her still her dual colored hair won't fit in her helmet without her shearing off a decent chunk of it. So dumb. Ahsoka seems though, uh, Ahsoka seems as though she's experienced this turn of events when she climbs aboard her vessel and cues up Sabine's message to her. In the end, Hero was right. They both needed each other, even if their history is still clouded in mystery about what went wrong. Before setting off on a, on her new mission with Ahsoka to track Shin's vessel down to Setos, Setos, Sabine visits the mural of the ghost crew, ghost's crew and studies Ezra for a long moment. For fans of Rebels, this moment will feel special and steeped in history that only they know. But for casual fans, the show hasn't fully established why the audience should care about Ezra. That's true. Yeah, so this, I would say this shot is would be a member berry that could be a bit jarring for somebody who hasn't seen Rebels. I uh, it wasn't because, jarring for me. I just it just didn't mean anything. Right. But for somebody who watched Rebels, I would say this this shot is important. It is a member berry. But it's it's crucial because it it sets kind of sets a timeline precedent that it, that we've been talking about for this shot. Yeah, right. Okay. It goes, oh, this that shot is this point in time, not when I thought it was taking place shortly after the series. Right. That shot was years later. Right. Okay. So okay. I, I I would say it's a pretty kind of. Uh, um, and over like those kind of the, a negative member berry almost, but at the same time, it, it's kind of important f for somebody who's seen the show. Right. Um, aboard the Eye of Scion, Morgan reveals that they are nearly done outfitting the starship <coughs> with new hyperdrives that can get them to Thrawn's location. Their victory is undercut by the knowledge that Ahsoka is determined to track them down, a fact that seems to be bothering Balin. Shin is convinced that they have made a clean getaway, but Balin can sense that Ahsoka is on their trail. 
The final moments of the episode are neatly designed to make you want to hit the play next button, but fans will have to wait another week to see what happens when Ahsoka and Sabine track down their foils in the Force. I didn't. <laughs> you, 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 you've seen the next one already? I, I watched four episodes back to back. Oh, no. I was like, I was like, no, I got to wait. So I don't know what happens. So don't, don't look at me. I won't. Don't talk to me. I can't look at you, but I am talking to you. No. No. Yeah. (laughs) So, Carl, episode two of Ahsoka, a win or a fail for you? Oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, yeah, this feels like they hit the ground running and they're not slowing down yet. I, I really enjoyed this. Um. Oh man. Yeah. It, I don't think there's anything in this episode that I really would have, would just would say I, I even dislike. It was just great from beginning to end. Uh, how about you, sir? Uh, yeah, I, it's, I have all the love for it that I had for the first episode with none of the confusing rock music or, <laughs> Poorly edited opening crawls. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I got the crawl out of the way. Yeah. And again, yeah. I I appreciated the opening crawl. Just not the eight-year-old that that made it. <laughs> like just I just don't understand. Like everything that was in that opening crawl, the way it was done, the way it looks, the way I could do that in 10 minutes on my home computer. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> maybe i will i'm gonna do it i'm gonna starry, do it just search starry backdrop get the first yeah nice starry backdrop you could do copy the text <laughs> copy paste the text make it red i'll even i'll i'll go all eyedropper on us and make sure the red is right and oh yeah <laughs> i'll do it and i'll send it to you and i'll be like wait and i'll send you it and then i'll send you the real one, and I'll see if I you can figure out which difference. is which. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and X. I almost said Twitter. I almost said Twitter. All mm. listed below. Um, check out our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, which is nothing. You can support the show, help us pay our bills to keep the show running, and uh, get some fun little rewards in return, and we have merch. Did you know that we have a doggo bandana? I do. If you got a little doggo pet, you could get him a movie man doggo bandana. And I don't even like dogs. So it, Or if you have a big cat, you could put it on your big cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a size chart. You could, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it looks like just the triangle bandana. You could probably tie it up Wear it yourself. on a small cat too. Yeah, or a child. Or a child. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Because Put, putting things around children's necks is always safe. Oh, whatever. People people <laughs> put their kids on leashes. You put put a dog thing on your kid. I don't see what the difference is. <laughs> At the end of the day, your child will be fashionable. 
And that's what matters. And hopefully alive. <laughs> and hopefully, well, as, you know, as I can say with 100% honesty, that to the best of our knowledge, the Movie Men merchandise has not subtracted from the population whatsoever. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> if anything, if anything, it is entirely possible that wearing Movie Men merch may lead to adding to the population. Ah, there you go. Buy our merch. Wow. Wow. Get hooked wow. Up.